Next on BYU Sports Nation, Zach Wilson says he's about a month away from being 100%. Is that soon enough? And can the Cougars be a better team but not win any of the first four football games? What? And the champs are in the house. Skipper Mike Littlewood discusses his team's outright title and need for karma this week. BYUSN starts right now. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, May 20th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton had too much hot chicken in Nashville, so I'm teamed up with a man who accomplished his number one goal in Nashville. Jason Shepard. That's right. Eating the Nashville hot chicken. Yes. We I went finally twice. got it. You went twice, or and I you. appreciated that. The second time, it was for me because yeah. I missed the Thursday night. It was first time there. It was worth it. It was oh, great to go back so again. Good. Listen, Nashville was so awesome. We talked about it Saturday during our fan fest. And then if you missed it, don't worry. We got you covered. We're going to replay the Zach Wilson interview today. We're going to play a best of it's, it. We had such a great time. Music. Food, culture, history. Nashville is awesome, man. The entire Nashville atmosphere was awesome. And I can tell you from experience, it's even better experienced on a scooter. We went around on a scooter for about an hour and a half downtown, and it was so, so great. Fun, to the point where your battery stopped and we had to walk well, we, like I had four to, blocks we to, had find, to another find another one. one that had enough battery for me to rent it. Yes. The. Uh, the those need to come to Provo. I know there's some in Salt Lake. They need to come to Provo. But we had a great time in Nashville. Thank you to the alumni chapter, everyone involved, everyone that showed up at the Fan Fest. We had a great time, and that was so fun. Really looking forward to uh, the BYU contingent at the Tennessee game in Week 2. Here's what's on the rundown today. If you missed our conversation with sophomore-to-be QB Zach Wilson, we'll replay that from the Nashville Fan Fest, as well as a montage of the best of from the Volunteer State. And baseball coach Mike Littlewood on the Batcats' outright West Coast Conference title and tournament hopes this week in Stockton. But first, today's headlines. BYU QB Zach Wilson told us at the Nashville Fan Fest he's about a month away from being 100% following shoulder surgery. Wilson's 157.23 pass efficiency rating last season was ninth in BYU history, by the way, with a minimum of 100 pass attempts in a season. Everybody's very excited about Zach Wilson. Looking forward to more Zach Wilson. In season number two. Number 24, BYU Baseball defeats Santa Clara on Saturday 3-1 to behind a two-run home run from Abraham Valdez in the top of the ninth inning. Combined with Gonzaga's loss, the Cougars clinched the WCC regular season title outright, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU baseball wins its first outright conference championship since the year 1989. Whoa! What were you doing in 1989? I was living in Portland, Oregon. There you go. I was six. I was moving to Utah in 1989. Nice. Ty Detmer was a soft, redshirt sophomore. A lot going on. BYU, the number one seed in the WCC tournament. They will face four-seed LMU Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time in Stockton, California. Can't wait. Mike Littlewood on deck on the show. Yoli Childs will work out for the Sacramento Kings. First pre-draft workout today at the Kings practice facility. Childs averaged 21 and about 10 last season. Softball beat Arkansas 6-3 on Saturday in the second game 
of the NCAA Regional Tournament in Stillwater, Oklahoma. However, the Cougars lost to Tulsa later in the day, 6-4, and were eliminated from the tournament. BYU ends its season with a record of 30-26, and 26, earning their sixth straight WCC title and their 15th straight NCAA Regional appearance. Hats off to the ladies. That is a great program. Always getting it done. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Saturday in Nashville, we spoke with starting BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. When asked about his shoulder surgery recovery, here's what he said. About four months post-surgery, and um, the goal now is to just slowly, progressively work into throwing. And so um, I'm hoping within the next month or so I'm feeling pretty normal and then you know, having a good two and a half to three months before the season starts just to you know, get back into the rhythm of things and build those connections with my receivers. Okay, about a month away. Jason, how will this timeline affect his preparation for the season? Uh, I, I don't think it affects it one bit. I mean, that's exactly what I wanted to hear, be, simply because that's the timeline that Zach brought up months ago, back in February, I think when we talked to him during uh, signing day. And so I think it's good news that everything's progressing like it should. And that gives him, like he said, two full months of training with no limitations before fall camp even starts. And he's told a few times the plan is to work out with John Beck, and we know how well he does in those situations. He's fantastic, fantastic working with these quarterbacks. To me, this is all great news because everything seems to be on target for Zach Wilson to be ready to go when he's needed. So I loved hearing it. Yeah, it'll give him about six weeks pre-fall camp. And then fall camp's, you know, four or five weeks, and then you get into the season there. So he'll have about 10, 11 weeks before the season, which, like you said, two, and a, two to three months. I think it's fine. Ideally, Wilson would be available for player-run practices and whatnot. Um, I, he's not 100%. That doesn't mean he's not throwing the football. He's throwing the football. But it's just he's not throwing as far and as hard and as deep as he wants at, at this point. Um, I think it's fine. I think Zach Wilson's going to be ready. I think Jaron Hall needs to be ready right. and uh, is healthy and, and is roaring and on the baseball team as the uh, backup center fielder and sometimes a pinch hitter, tremendous center fielder. So BYU's in a good spot at quarterback. You're in a good spot with a true sophomore and a redshirt freshman. So a little bit of youth. Uh, Jaron Hall hasn't played a ton. Zach Wilson about a month away from being 100%. I think is in a good spot. And a lot is riding physically – emotionally, yeah, very much mentally, so. on Zach Wilson for the season. Well, here's the good news, because you didn't hear one word in the interview. Complication. There hasn't been any complications. Yes, it's all to, good. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what you don't want to hear. So the fact that we didn't hear that is a very good thing. The, the timeline that was brought up a couple of months ago seems to be on track, which is great. It gives him ample time, like he said, to start building up that rhythm again, not just with, with himself, but with the rhythm with his teammates, things like that. This is very good news for BYU fans. And he mentioned that in the soundbite we played, which is, I've got to connect with my receivers. Right. And, and that's, that's a work in progress, right? Luckily, BYU returns a lot of those guys. Now, this group the last two years has not been as good as they can be, in my opinion. I think they can be better. I think they think they can be better. And they have the guy to do it. And oh, by the way, the O-line is, returns four or five starters. You have two other guys that have started. This is as experienced an offensive line coming back with a quarterback that we think is as dynamic as a quarterback BYU's had, perhaps since Taysom Hill. And then before that, you probably... Uh, Riley Nelson had some dynamicism uh, to him. This is exciting. This is really exciting. Running back um, has some guys that we think could yep. be good. Could, hoping to see it. Offensively, like, where's the weakness, right? Where's the we- Is it the deep ball to the receivers? There's not a lot of, uh, I guess, 
negative feeling or or hesitation with where is it going to come from? The offense, I think, is going to be good. It's a matter of how good. Yeah, that's and that's what I think BYU fans should be really excited about is the fact that the offense returns so many players. And you mentioned the offensive line. I think that's where this all starts and one yes. of the biggest reasons yes. why I think this offense has the potential to be so good because of the returning starters, guys that were able to play a lot last year who are no longer young, and they come back, and these are really talented football players up front. Speaking of really talented football players, the great Trevor Maddich, who, by the way, lives in Nashville, joined us on Saturday at Charlie Daniels Park. The topic of BYU's first four games, which, to remind everybody, Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington came up. I think they'll be competitive in all of them. And so they, with a chance to win. Now, the thing that fans need to understand is that if, if they come close but lose them all, does that mean they're bad? No. I think this BYU team will take a step up in their performance on the field. This will be a better BYU team than it was last year, and it, it will be clearly better. But the schedule shakes out so that it might not be apparent until we get into the middle of the schedule. Really interesting comments. Jerem, do you believe BYU can be a better team and not win any of the first four games? First of all, Trevor Maddox's first team All-American chess era. I just want to point that out, okay? <laughs> I, am not, I am not even honorably mentioned on that list. Uh, the answer, Jason, is no. 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 Nope. And BYU can't go 0-4 and feel like they're better. I get what Trevor's saying, that there could be improvement and this could be a, a better team. But because of how the schedule is stacked... Um, that's what he's alluding to, right? Hey, this is a tough first four games, and that's what he was asked, right? You can't go 0-4 and anybody feel positive about it. No moral victories in 0-4. You're just, it stinks, right? People value the end more than the means, and that's what Trevor's getting at, right? Hey, the means could be good. Hey, what if BYU puts up a bunch of points, but... Zach Moss is just a really good running back and has a great day. Or Tennessee's 10 returning starters on offense just are better. The answer is no, though. Um, It's about the end in sports. This is a uh, results-based industry. Okay, If you don't perform, you don't have a job. You could have a great regular season in college hoops, be the two seed, and lose in the first round. No one's going to be like, hey, that was great. No, they'd be like, that stinks. We lost. So, no, BYU has to win at least a game in the first four. Has to. Yeah, you and I are on the same page with this. In theory, I completely understand what Trevor is talking about. You can play better. You can score more points. You can be more dynamic. But at the end of the day, your opponent can still be better than you. I I understand that. But like you said, fans don't and won't look at it that way. Bottom line is wins and losses. And the wins and the losses, that's the improvement you need to show to people so that they will take notice of you. And I'm, yes. and, and I'm not just talking about fans. I'm talking about media, national media, the college football playoff, et cetera. Those whoa, are, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, no, I'm just saying w- you win those games for the rankings. I'm just saying you win those games. Then people like that start taking notice. They're not going to take notice of you because you're playing better, but lose. Yes, and the only way that could possibly manifest itself in the way that Trevor's alluding to is if BYU won the next eight games. Right. If BYU won 0-4 but then won the next eight, we would say, now, now wait a minute, let's look back at the, last, the first four and see the margins and the means and go, oh, okay, I, I get it. But if BYU starts 0-4, no, 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 no. They have to win at least one, and you're hoping they get two. To get three is pretty ambitious. And perhaps we're all surprised. I would love, like last year, BYU started 3-1. and one. I was really surprised, and it was really fun, right? Those first four. Everything hinges on game one. 
it really does hinge I on. I love and hate that this is the I, case. I know, it, but it's true. You, because it, if BYU loses, then it's like, oh, is the season over? Come on. We got a lot to play for. Game one, it, it all boils down to that, which is in how many days? Countdown to the youths. 101. Tomorrow oh boy. is 100? Wednesday. Wow. 99. Number 99? Who was that? Riley Stevenson? Was that? <laughs> That's only 99 I can think of. <laughs> the baseball team is the outright champ of the West Coast Conference. Congratulations to the Batcats. Very awesome accomplishment. Amazing considering where this team was on this day last year after the regular season. They didn't qualify for the uh, West Coast Conference tournament. 22 wins. Mired in meh. You always shed what it felt was dead weight on the roster. Clean house. Results have been eye-opening. So, Jason, in your biased opinion, <laughs> is the baseball team the most surprising BYU team this season? Yes. On campus. Yes. And, I, and it's a good thing. Look, as you mentioned, 22 wins last year. A, a down season. The culture was not good. Coach Littlewood has talked about that a lot. So, lots of roster changes were made. Anytime you're going to change the roster that significantly, there are so many question marks on how it's going to play out. And, and look, to the point where BYU in the conference was picked sixth in the WCC in the preseason. They were not even expected to finish top four and even go to the conference tournament this week. So now BYU has 36 wins this year, first outright conference championship, and put themselves in position for an at-large berth. Yeah. What BYU baseball has done has been fantastic. Completely agree. Let's highlight some of the individuals who came onto the scene who weren't as involved last year either because they were on a mission or they transferred in or whatever or were in high school. Jackson Clough, surprise player of the year, batted 340, tied Brock Hale for the uh, batting title, if you will. We'll, we'll ask Mike Littlewood how you break that title. Did not miss a beat coming back yes. from his mission and is going to get drafted because of it. Yes. Brian Sue at first was awesome. Jellich, awesome off a of mission in center. Noah Hill. Waited his time as a senior center fielder, overcame a, an injury where he took a pitch into his neck, um, still dealing with that. Well, and, and I'll tell you about Noah. Beyond just what he did on the, on the, on the uh, field and behind the plate, he has been his biggest mark on this team is leadership. As a senior. As, as a, not just, this is a guy, because and, and of what you said, that, didn't that waited it. his time. Yes. People, people respect that, and in the, in the clubhouse, yes. that, that was appreciated. Pay the price. Yes. Pay the price. Easton Walker in his ERA, incredible. Reed McLaughlin, Justin Sterner. In addition to all the other guys that were doing things and contributing already last year, but these guys came in and contributed, and that's the goal, right? I, I want to mention two other teams that surprised me in the other direction, right? Men's basketball, I, we didn't see this coming. No. We didn't think that they wouldn't even make the NIT, so that was, that was surprising. And then men's volleyball, ranked outside the top 10 first time since 96. So the good news with those two teams is I think we expect at least the NIT with men's basketball. And then next year, men's volleyball returns literally every single kill yeah. from the team, which is incredible. Just an anomaly Lose this year. The libero, Taylor Richards. So I expect big things from uh, men's volleyball next year. So surprise, surprise. Most of the time that's good. Sometimes that's bad. In this case, baseball doing a great thing. WCC champs, awesome. Our question of the day. What's your reaction to Zach Wilson telling BYU Sports Nation he's about a month away from feeling normal? Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter at TXKernel, to say the truth, it made me a little nervous cutting it close to the season. Now it's 10 or 11 weeks out. Is that not enough time for uh, TXKernel, I guess? It's plenty of time, and it's what he said was going to happen. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Exactly. 
Craig. Is that you? On Twitter, uh, at Nate Dunn 2, considering Jaron Hawes is his backup, I'm not worried. I feel like people are pretty confident about Jaron Hall given the spring he had, and it was a blessing in disguise. You never want your starting quarterback to be injured in miss spring, but in this case, where it was kind of minor surgery, cleaned mm-hmm. some stuff up, wasn't a major thing where he's going to have to miss any games at all or fall camp, right? Um, that experience for Jaron Hall was valuable because the dude hasn't thrown a pass at BYU and he's rushed twice. I like, think he has barely played. I, I th- feel like the coaches are very confident in Jaron Hall if they ever needed to go that direction. And uh, Jeff Grimes has alluded to the fact that they're going to try and figure out how to get him on the And why wouldn't you? He's fantastic. Too dynamic. Yes. And and Taysom Hill as a freshman was the same thing in 2012 to the point where as soon as there was an opportunity due to injury, Taysom Hill started two games and won. Beat Utah State. That was a team that finished 16th that season. That was a huge win. Uh, And then... Hawaii, forty nine nothing. That was that was incredible. So yeah, you need the backup to be ready. Well, and I mean, and if if you know, Coach Grimes talking about how, how dynamic he wants this offense to be, put as many weapons on the field as you can. You know, put the pressure on the defense to not know where you're going to go. I love it. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, if life got in the way of you watching all two hours of Saturday's BYU Sports Nation in Nashville, we've got you covered. The best of the best from the Fan Fest, rhyming intended. But first, Zach Wilson from Nashville, why he switched to number one, and does it have anything to do with the Utah streak and or bar stool? This is BYU Sports Nation, baby. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. I'm Jerem. He's Jason. If you missed the show live, you can always download the podcast uh, or watch the show on BYUSN.com. Saturday in Nashville. Man, we had a fun time. Great guest lineup. We chatted with uh, sophomore-to-be QB Zach Wilson about a myriad of topics, including his shoulder surgery recovery, playing in the state uh, against Tennessee September 9th, and his jersey number switch. Here's our conversation with Zach Wilson. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm talking to some of these people, and they're like, yeah, we just came from South Carolina. And I'm like, geez, that was worse than our our commute to get here. And so (laughs) it's crazy people want to drive so far to come to come see us, and, and it really means a lot that the BYU community can stretch so far, so it's cool to come see that kind of thing. Nashville's unique. Uh, three hours east of this is Knoxville, where BYU will play in week two. Uh, the first four games, all Power 5, and those those are going to be fun. At Tennessee's the one Power 5 road game, mm-hmm. uh, so these fans are going to be there. This is going to be a fun experience. Yeah, I know I know these guys are excited to come see it. I mean, every single one's like, you better go get that W out at uh, UT, <laughs> so um, I'm excited just for the atmosphere. I know this is a huge college town, especially Knoxville, and you know, there's be hundreds of thousands of people there, so it's going to be a, an awesome experience for us. Now you're you're of a different breed. You you kind of thrive in these situations. Yeah. A hundred thousand plus. It's <laughs> going to be all orange and white. How do you process and and uh, when you think about what that's actually going to be like? Yeah, I mean, there's there's not another experience you could you could dream for. I mean, me and Diane were talking about it over there. Is um, you know, if, if you really want to be a good player, you're someone that really shines. It's in the spotlight when there's when there's that many people watching. I mean, the people that break down are the ones that can't handle it. But, uh, you know, these guys are excited for it. And I know I am for sure. I mean, it's an experience of a lifetime. Um, I know we'll never experience that. And a lot of West Coast teams definitely don't get to experience something like that. So uh, that's the benefit of being independent right there. It's quite, kind of wild that Tennessee's in week two, but we don't really focus on that one. We're thinking about the first game, exactly. obviously, with exactly. Utah. And I know after last year, being up by 20 twice, we've talked about what happened, but that is, it feels like that's fueled the preparation for this season. Like, this offseason is better because of how you guys have reacted. Do you feel like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, every, every break we're giving at practice is, you know, beat Utah, and that's like the main goal. 
And, uh, of course, coach, coaches don't want us thinking about weeks past the first game, but luckily because Utah's the first game, we can we can kind of just prepare just for that one. And so um, that's definitely where full preparation is going into is that Utah game to make sure guys are going to come out and be ready. And um, I guess the focus is it starts now, and it doesn't start fall camp. It starts now to, to, get, to get going on those guys. And it feels like it's been going since the game, honestly. Yeah, right? exactly. It has. I mean, it's definitely one that um, hit me hard, and I, I don't want that same feeling again. I'm definitely going to make sure I can do any, anything I can do about it to, to make sure we get it done this time. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's, and let's address what happened yesterday. So Barstool Sports took a tweet that someone said saying, oh, Zach Wilson switched from 11 to 1 because that's going to be the streak of wins versus Utah. You tweeted, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. what, that. That went viral on social media. It was really funny. Yeah. But that's not the reason you switched to 1. So what's no. the reason? So I switched back to 1 just because that was, my, that was my high school number. That was the number I played with when I was younger. Um, Love the number 11, but it just wasn't my choice, I guess. I was kind of just given that because I hadn't proven anything since I've been here. But um, I kind of went back to one just because I kind of felt like that was my, my swagger number I had back in high school. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people might say that's the, that's the number that kind of shows you you're kind of a cocky kid or whatever it is. But I think if uh, you have to, if you wear number one, it means you got to prove something. So I want you to um, wear number three in a couple of seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, th- we'll think about it. Then. Okay, yeah, 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 we'll address yeah. that when it comes Just to Just nothing that. on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I think a lot of people, understandably, uh, are concerned about your recovery after shoulder surgery. So what's the latest on that? How close are you to being 100% and throwing at uh, you know, the velocity you want to throw at? Yeah, so I'm about four months out of surgery, and a lot of people with the same kind of surgery I had um, had a hard time even being able to throw the ball you know, 20 yards before surgery. I mean, luckily I was able to keep playing. But um, you know, the surgery and everything has gone well. I, I definitely say I'm above average. It's not one of those things you can kind of just say – you know, I'm ahead of schedule. I'm going to push further. I'm going to do more than I can. You know, you kind of just got to let it heal and you got to be patient. So even though I'm feeling better, the mobility's there. I kind of just got to take it slow. And so about four months post-surgery and um, the goal now is to just slowly progressively work into throwing. And so um, I'm hoping within the next month or so I'm feeling pretty normal and then, you know, having a good two and a half to three months before the season starts just to you know, get back into the rhythm of things and build those connections with my receivers and just get fluid and comfortable. So I feel like I haven't missed a whole bunch. Spring ball seems like it was such a, a long time ago and things have faded down since then. And um, guys are going to need to pick up with offense again and, and um, learning it all again. So I, have, I don't feel like I've missed too much. Um, it definitely is something that makes you reflect and, and, and really value how, how much you really love the game of football. I mean, I always think to myself, like, dang, I want to be out there playing so bad. It sucks to sit here and watch. And so this isn't something I'm going to take for granted, and I'm going to make sure I get it get it right. And, and uh, I'm glad I got it done now just because I think it'll be so much better than I was in the past, and I'm hoping uh, this will benefit me. There's a couple of grad transfer running backs who will join the team, which is exciting. Emmanuel Supa and Tyson Williams. What kind of addition do they make to the team? Yeah, huge addition. I haven't, I haven't met Tyson a whole bunch, but uh, Soup has been uh, working out with us already. Even as a nickname. That's great. Yeah, Soup. That's what we call him. <laughs> that's our guy. But um, he's, a great, he's a great dude. He comes in and works hard. You can tell he's all about the, the football aspect. He definitely takes it seriously, and that's, I think, someone we need on the team. I know both of them are going to be a huge, huge contributors to what we got going on. I think they're going to fit perfectly. So, um, Zach is a great running back, but it's good to have that. You know, you can't have one running back. They just take too many hits. They get beat up. and so We, we saw that in the Utah game, Exactly, right? and yeah. they're all a little bit different, too. And so um, I think it'll be good to have a mixture of all three, and I'm glad that those guys will come in. So You hold yourself to an incredibly high standard. And, uh, for example, I mean, you go 18 for 18 in the bowl game, and during pro day you said to me, it's not even my best game. And I was like, <laughs> 
mind blow. Okay, yeah. well, uh, what does that mean? It wasn't your best game if you were 18 for 18. Yeah, I mean, just going back and watching the film, there's just little things I think I can personally clean up. I mean, whether it's I'm completing a pass, maybe there was a better pass I could have made on the field, or, you know, there was a couple times I got out of my progressions when I should have stayed on. I mean, the Utah game was probably a better game for me as far as as far as my progression and staying calm in the pocket and, and making the right decisions because, for one, the defense was a lot tougher. I mean, the, they weren't they weren't leaving guys wide open all over the field. I mean, Utah was a much more sound defense, and so I think that was a game that was good because it was a great confidence builder, but it's something I can, I can reflect on and still watch the film and be like, okay, I still need to progress and get better at these things. I can't be with content of you know, even though I completed all my passes, there's still so much better I could have done on that field that day. All right, Zach Wilson. Great to have you in uh, Mount Juliet in Nashville, man. Hope yeah. you're enjoying your trip. Yeah, of course. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Okay, he's number one, people. He's wearing he's number, number one. one. <laughs> At least for now. Yeah, next year, number, number two. <laughs> <laughs> Barstool's like, we knew it! <laughs> Awesome. Our conversation with Zach Wilson from Saturday in Nashville, uh, Mount Juliet specifically. Had a great time there. Lots to discuss from that uh, interview as well. Obviously, the uh, and we did in the opening segment, he says he's about a month away from feeling normal, mm-hmm. which is good, and his normal is very good. Um, he wants to make connection with his receivers. He understands what happened against Utah. He's acknowledged, hey, we pulled off the pedal. But like we discussed, it's fueled the offseason. Now these guys break the huddle with Beat Utah. This is, this is a guy that showed us glimpses. Now, Zach Wilson only played one Power 5 team last year, and it was Utah, but played uh, Boise State really tough, right? That kind of freshman moment there at the end, we feel like he's going to learn this year and not make that play. Western Michigan finishes on an amazing note. Hope is really high. One thing I want to address with Zach perhaps uh, this season that he's got to work on a little bit, sacked a little too much. Just looking at his starts. So Hawaii, three. Uh, Northern Illinois, five. Boise State, seven. None against UMass. Did they rush anybody? New Mexico State, two. Utah, three. Western Michigan, three. So there's there's a lot of excitement there. I think that uh, a little more experience, obviously, watching the film. And and here's a big thing, too. BYU changed its offense midway through the year to cater to Zach Wilson. Yep. Remember the jet sweep? Didn't really happen with right. Zach. That was different. You didn't need to loosen up the offense in that way because Zach can with his feet himself. But now you have a complete offseason. Jeff Grimes can go to year two. He knows who his starter is. Jaron Hall has a very similar skill set. Tanner Mangum and Zach did not. And now you can move forward with this. See, and I think that's one of the the most exciting parts about this is not just what Zach can do in this offense, but what Jeff Grimes can do with this offense for Zach. Yes. That, that's what I'm excited to see. And what he did midseason was yes, impressive. on the fly. Now he has the whole offseason. Exactly. Go, okay, let's get you comfortable. That, that gets me excited about the possibilities offensively for this team. I, I do want to say something, though, about, about Zach Wilson. And we see this anytime he does interviews. There, there are quarterbacks, or just we'll just say athletes. There are athletes everywhere that are either great on the field and, and not necessarily, they don't like to do, the, they're not charismatic. It, he's both. He can, he can, he shines in moments like that, like on camera. And he fills the, he you know, plays the part that way, but also backs it up on the field. That's what's so impressive about Zach Wilson is he is the total package. I'm excited to see what he can do too in that regard, because he, he had the easier part of the schedule. Yep. Tanner Mangum had the harder part. Um, but we're going to see we're gonna see what he's got in the first four games because they're very tough. Our question of the day, what's your reaction to Zach Wilson telling BYU Sports Nation he's about a month away from feeling normal? On Twitter, at Arizona 
MCC. Now I am a month out from feeling better. (laughs) (laughs) Now that he's identified that, now we are as well. Coming up, the man who led BYU baseball to its first outright conference title since Paula Abdul was on top of the Billboard charts. Mike Littlewood's going to stop by Studio B. Been a while. And the best of Nashville Fan Fest. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard, reminiscing about uh, Nashville during the break. Good times. Great, great times. Great oldies. We're in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Here are today's headlines. Quarterback Zach Wilson told us at the Nashville Fan Fest he's about a month away from being a hundy following shoulder surgery. Wilson's 157 pass efficiency rating, by the way, ninth best in BYU history with a minimum of 100 pass attempts in a season. That's I looked that up this morning. Incredible number. Number 24, BYU Baseball. Defeats Santa Clara on Saturday 3-1 to behind a two-run home run from Abraham Valdez in the top of the ninth inning. Ah! Combined with Gonzaga's loss, Cougars clinched the WCC regular season title outright for the first time since joining the league and the first time since 1989. BYU now the number one seed in the conference tournament. They'll face four-seed LMU Thursday in Stockton. The skip Mike Littlewood will join us next segment. Yoli Childs will work out for the Sacramento Kings. It's the first pre-draft workout for the Kings today. Childs averaged 21 points and 9.7 boards a game last season. Softball beat Arkansas 6-3 on Saturday in the second game of the NCAA Regional Tournament in Stillwater, Oklahoma. However, Cougars lost to Tulsa later in the day 6-4. That eliminated the Cougars from the tournament. BYU ends its season with a record of 30-26, and earning their 6th straight West Coast Conference Championship and their 15th straight NCAA Regional appearance. Oh, that all teams won the league and went to the yes. postseason like softball, right? That's right. That's fantastic. Well, Saturday we had one of the best guest lineups we've ever had. And if you missed it, or even if you saw it, here is the best of from the Nashville Fan Fest. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, live from Nashville, Tennessee. Look at this. this. We are in Tennessee, and this is the reception BYU gets. Unbelievable. Welcome to the show, man. What's up, Trevor? And welcome to my home. Yes. Yes. This is fun, man. I think this BYU team will take a step up in their performance on the field. This will be a better BYU team than it was last year, and it, it will be clearly better. And I was like, wait, Tiger Woods won the Masters? Mark, you didn't know. Tiger Are Woods won the I kid you not. Like, I swear, I was like, <laughs> that is not true. I made her prove it to me on the phone. So you asked me what my last month has been like. That's what it's been like. Wow. I could not believe that Tiger Woods won the Masters. This is incredible. <laughs> He's back. I've been waiting He's for back. this for like 10 years, and I missed it. I can't Delayed believe reaction. it. About four months post-surgery, and um, the goal now is to just slowly, progressively work into throwing. Okay, he's number one, people. He's wearing he's number, number one. one. <laughs> At least for now. Yeah, next year, number, number two. <laughs> Man, we're going to shock the world. Like, I am so motivated, and like, I haven't been this motivated before since I've been at BYU. And um, it's just exciting, man. It's electric. Look, Kyrus, you will tear people apart on the football field, <laughs> but you are a big softy, aren't you? <laughs> if we can have every day mean something, um, and have that mean something going toward that goal of going to the NCAA tournament, we're going to make it. Will Kalani Satake dance at the Fan Fest? Did you dance already? No, I didn't. No, Will I was you? too busy meeting all the, all the fans. He was dancing last night at the Grand Ole Opry. 
I dance. I, I'm going to dance when we win games. That's what I'm gonna okay. Do, so. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I'm I like looking that. forward to it. And we've been to Hattie B's for some hot chicken. Nice. And we, and we had the really, really hot chicken, which was probably a bad decision. We can't even say the name on the air, I think, on wow. TV. Wow. That kind? I don't know. If the, yes. That, that, anyway. Yes. Yeah. Hashtag 3.30 a.m. for this guest. <laughs> Our question of the day. We had such a great time in Nashville. Thanks to everybody involved. Look, that, when Kyrus Tonga is drafted in the National Football League, show that clip? I am gonna I am gonna put up a a still frame of he and I sitting in the swing, swinging together in Tennessee. I will I will always have yeah. that moment to remember. And I love that you guys were like slowly because when you're on that swing, you have to be in sync with that person. One person can't just push the other. Oh, we right. were in sync. Yeah. Well, I guess Kyrus could have just pushed you, but yeah. <laughs> Our question of the day. What's your reaction to Zach Wilson telling BYU Sports Nation he's about a month away from feeling normal? On Twitter, at 86WICoog. Anxiously excited. If fully healed in a month, that would give about six weeks of summer workouts with receivers on timing, routes, etc. before fall practices begin. Absolutely. On Instagram, at Mike underscore Chars dash H20S. Makes me feel nervous that he isn't confident. I would hate for him to get into his own head. I don't get the sense that he's no, not confident. I never got that sense at all. I, I, and I'm not talking generally. I'm talking in the recovery. I think he's confident in the recovery. In fact, I don't think that I've ever seen him not confident, period. Body language. That's just, Zero, what, that's just who he lack is. Lack of confidence. He is like, okay, let's just go get that's the what I mean. One. He, he, he plays that part. He fits what you want out of a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's what he, that's what he is. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for your chance to perhaps be the elite voice of the day. We'll see. Mm. Coming up, Mary Lake's name is called for Team USA. More on that coming up in the Cougar Whip Around. Yeah, where is she in uh, Europe right now? And next, the champs are here. Mike Littlewood in the house. Discuss how BYU baseball went from 22 wins to WCC outright champs. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you can't watch or listen to BYU Sports Nation live at noon Eastern, don't worry about it. Download the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play, and enjoy On Demand. It's 2019 On Demand, right? It's all about On Demand watch, these days. Watch, listen, whenever you want, which is great. Welcome back. I'm Jason, or I'm Jerem. He's Jason. I could be Jason. Are you sure Whatever. you know who you are? Well, it depends. If I really want to get into the Big 12, I'll become you, and then, yeah. <laughs> which I am, I guess, yeah. Okay, BYU Baseball, WCC champs. We've talked about the, the 22 wins last year to uh, becoming much better. They have validated the change with an outright conference championship, and here to discuss is the head ball coach, the skipper, Mike Littlewood. What's up, Mike, guys? congratulations on the 2019 WCC outright regular season conference champs. Thanks. I wish it meant something. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wish it meant something more than just yes. being able to say we're, we're champs. I mean, uh, there's no automatic bid. There's no, n- nothing like that for winning the league. Uh, we've got to go win the tournament this week. I mean, so there's a lot of work to do, but thank you. I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it. appreciate you undervaluing the entire show. Up Absolutely. I'm just Every question we're yeah. going to ask from now on is like, it's yeah. just variations of it goes that. downhill. Well, well, it feels like, and th- this has happened before, you tied for a conference championship mm-hmm. a couple years ago. You had to win the tourney. Men's volleyball, they don't care about the regular season either, or even the conference title. For uh, to some degree in the tourney, they want to get to the NCAA tournament, yeah, and that's, uh, that's the been the goal all along, right? It really is, and uh, you know, if, and if if for winning, say if you win the pack, they don't have a tournament at the end in the Pac-12, and so the winner gets an uh, just an automatic qualification. But we don't, and usually our team gets one team in the uh, usually our league gets one team in the in the tournament. Sometimes too, and we've talked about RPI all year long, and we're probably a little bit on the bubble there. We're sitting at 41, I think it was la- uh, as of last night. 
which isn't a guarantee. It's pretty good. Um, but you can't I, – I don't think you can ever bank on that. You just you, – we have to win the tournament. And what do we get for winning the – taking the, getting the number one seed? We get to face Cody Paiva, the, probably the – from LMU, <laughs> probably the pitcher of the year this year. Yeah. A big six six kid who throws 92-94 and has four good pitches for strikes. I Congratulations. Mean, he's yes. good. So thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- how crazy was this past weekend? Because you go to Santa Clara and you know you have the opportunity – if you win three – you don't have to worry about anything else. And then you lose game one. So then you got to worry about your games the rest of the weekend, but you also now have to pay attention to what Gonzaga is doing at LMU. How crazy was the last couple of days? Well, I mean, really, I didn't, I didn't think there was any way Gonzaga was go- going to sweep, and they didn't. Um, and so not that we didn't want to sweep as well, but I knew we had to win two no matter what just to, to guarantee that the, the tie uh, and then just let, let, it, let the seeds fall where they, where they might. But um, – you know, it's it's nice to have it outright. It's it's such an accomplishment for the guys. I mean, they've worked hard, but this was a tough, tough series. One of the toughest of the of the entire year. Santa Clara played great. We saw their five best pit. They have five really good pitchers. I mean, when they get a lead, their philosophy is when they get a lead. If they take a lead in this fifth or sixth inning, they're going to throw their two guys. Um, uh, one's a slider guy who throws ninety four with a tight slider, and then Lex they'll bring him in as our closer, and he's ninety four ninety five. And we saw that Thursday night, and we didn't have a chance. They brought him back uh, Saturday, those same two guys, and, and those are the guys we beat. So it was a, a tough, tough series. We've talked a lot about uh, the ability of this team to uh, change the culture. and whatnot. So last year, on this day, last year after the regular season, okay, what, what now? You, you had decided, it felt like weeks before in our conversations on the show, what, hey, we've got to change some things. You did. Did you expect this team to be this good this fast? Well, our pitching, our pitching has really stepped up this year. So I, I didn't think I, – I knew we had the guys. And when, when we talk about this, people always bring this up about last year and this year. I don't feel like we've really done much different as a staff. I, I feel like the guys have done a much better job um, leading from the top, uh, our seniors, and then younger guys buying into, oh, this is what it takes to be successful because our seniors and some juniors and Jackson Clough, throw him in the mix as a, as a return missionary sophomore, have just been outstanding leaders. And they've been to regionals, and they've had success. They've won a couple uh, league championships. And, the, and, you know, the freshmen have really, truly bought in. I mean, and a lot of guys just haven't played a whole lot, but yet they go in, Carson Matthews and uh, Sapiti, um, and we can go on with those freshmen, Austin Deming, who've, who've jumped in here and there and done, done a great job. If they don't have that buy-in, then it, it kind of uh, diminishes what the seniors have done as far as taking control of this team. So how did you enable them to do that? Because you can, you can say so much, but in the end, this is a game played by them, right? Yeah, I mean, we had meetings with the, with the seniors, upperclassmen, um, and you look at Noah Hill, who had a great year for us, overachieved, and just been a st- steady Eddie for us. Mitch McIntyre stepped up, but Brock has done what he's supposed to do, and uh, Casey Jacobson stepped up for us a little bit and done a great job um, at third base defensively, and it's been sporadic, uh, but he's, you know, he's anchored down that third base spot now. Um, I think it, it was just Jordan Wood, Brock Hale, um, in particular those two, kind of coming out of their shell just a little bit and being more, more boisterous, coaching on the field, stepping up in meetings. And so really we had conversations, but it's really nothing that myself or, or our staff did. We just try to steady the course and – Kind of do what we do what we do, and again we talk about it, stick with the process. But last year we tried to do that, and just it just blew up um, and went a lot of different ways, and nobody could really stop that freight train from going um, when we knew something was wrong. And so 
this year, I think, I mean, I give all the, all the credit to our upperclassmen leaders. You know, and you mentioned some of the guys that stepped up, and you and I have talked a lot about, you know, guys when called upon performing at a high level. We talk about this probably more in football and basketball in terms of the depth, but I, I, at what point did you realize your depth was as good as it was? Well, we knew that we knew the talent was there in the fall. Um, guys could really swing it. I mean, you look who look who won the game for us. Basically, won the game for us on Saturday. Right. Freshman Reed McLaughlin comes in. Uh, Sterner settles down. He's a sophomore and, and throws seven great innings. A freshman comes in and gets the last six outs, which are the toughest outs to get in a game, especially in a close game. Freshman Austin Deming puts together a great at bat against a really good reliever for a single. Um, Casey Jacobson bunts him over, and Abe Valdez, who? <laughs> first <laughs> like, homer. Abe Valdez, first home yeah. run, that, backup that's catcher. That's the thing with this team right now. First somebody, homer. somebody steps up. Yeah, the first homer, exactly. Um, we saw it from Zach Peterson, Grand Slam against Pacific. I mean, that's just it's what this team does. We really, really believe we can win. Jelilich and now Valdez. Uh, Utah. So yeah. someone else is going to hit a first homer. Yeah. Who hasn't hit a homer? We've got to find that guy and then put him in. <laughs> Whoever hasn't hit a homer. Next on the list. If you, you hit a home run, you're out. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Um, Jackson Clough and Brock Hale both hit 340 this year. You talked about their leadership. Yeah. How, do we, how do we determine the tiebreaker for the batting average champ for this team? Well, if you look at our league stats, I think Brock hit 343 and Jack hit 390. Um, Jackson, there you go. Jackson in, in league play. If you look at all offensive categories, with the exception of home runs, he's he's one in most of them and first or second in in every single one of them, except home runs. And home runs, he has three. Brock has seven. The leader has 11 in league play. Um, so, you know, in my mind, we just got off a conference call about all, all conference players and all conference team. And it's I, – I honestly want to – I want Brock and, and Jack to win co-player of the year. I, I mean, I really think that could happen. And, and um, they've just been for, – for, to be really successful, you have to have your main guys do what they're supposed to do. And they, and they have. Um, our 3-4-5 have just been – well, our 3-4 guys and leadoff with Sue have been, just been incredible for us this year. So you, you mentioned uh, now you get to face LMU. You get to face a really dominant pitcher coming up on Thursday. You guys are the first game of the of the tournament in Stockton. You did take two of three from this team just a couple of weeks ago, so it's fairly fresh facing this team. Just what are your overall thoughts on on the on this LMU team that you'll face on Thursday? Well, every team there is good. That's yeah. that's the thing. I mean, we're good. LMU is good. Gonzaga and St. Mary's are good. St. Mary's is really hot right now. They're playing well. Gonzaga has been consistent kind of like us the entire year uh you look at that gonzaga series where one hit here or there one one each game lmu they play the game the right way offensively they're, they're not they're not explosive offensively but they're going to bunt guys around and hit and run and put the pressure on you a little bit and and they have great pitching i mean they're they're closer for is 94 95 big six seven kid they'll bring guys out of the pen that are low 90s so they can really really pitch it and cody Pyev is he's i would say he's going to win the pitcher of the year in our league. So it's, it's not going to be a small task on, uh, on Thursday. But, again, we've faced tough pitchers all year long and done a pretty good job against them. Indeed. Well, congratulations or not, I don't know, yeah. uh, on the regular yeah. season Overall, title. yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And good luck at Banner Island Ballpark. Uh, we'll be watching and listening uh, Thursday, I believe, at, uh, what, 6 Eastern time, 3 yep. yeah, local time Yeah, 4 Mountain time, time 3 Pacific. Yeah, I, yeah. Some, something like Mike's that. Mike's like, we just yeah. take it one game. Exactly. I know we yeah. practice Wednesday, and then we'll figure things out after <laughs> exactly. that. A little BYU Sports Nation, come your way, yeah. and good luck. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Coming up, Jerem and I hand out our rise and shout-outs. Why mine's an inanimate object, and the only child's Mary Lake and many others making news in the whip around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Thanks to our guest today, Zach Wilson, Mike Littlewood. 
shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson told us at the Nashville Fan Fest on Saturday he's about a month away from being 100% following shoulder surgery. Wilson's 157.23 pass efficiency rating last season was ninth in BYU history with a minimum of 100 pass attempts in a season. Baseball. Number 24 BYU beat Santa Clara Saturday 3-1 on Abraham Valdez's first homer as a Cougar in the ninth. Cougars are the outright WCC champs, which Mike Littlewood doesn't really care about. For the first time since 1989, and the number one seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament this week in Stockton against LMU Thursday at 6 Eastern Time. Cougars in Pro Hoops. Yoli Childs will work out for the Sacramento Kings in his first pre-draft workout at the or at their first pre-draft workout the Kings practice facility. Childs averaged 21 points and had 9.7 rebounds a game last season. Softball. Cougars beat Arkansas 6-3 Saturday, but then lost to Tulsa 6-4 to end the season. 11 straight conference titles, 15 straight NCAA regionals for the softballers. Volleyball. Mary Lake has been named to the U.S. Women's National Team's 14-woman active roster for week one of the 2019 FIVB Volleyball Nations League. She's in Belgium, and uh, I'm trying to remember who they're going to play, but I think it's uh, tomorrow. She's one of two liberos on the squad, so very exciting. Cougars in the minors. Over the weekend, Colton Shaver fought, went 5 for 12 with two RBIs and a run scored in three games for the high class A Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Brennan Lund went 2 for 5 with two runs batted in and a run scored in two games for the AAA Salt Lake Bees. Michael Rucker tossed two and a third with four strikeouts and scoreless relief for the AA Tennessee Smokings, which are in we Knoxville. Were, we were close to, by the way, in a 4 3 loss to the Jackson Generals. Track and field. Men's track and field's 34 entries to the NCAA prelims is tied with UCLA as the highest amount of entries in the country. This is uh, this is tied for the most with UCLA. Women's track, by the way, uh, received 24 entries. West prelims in Sacramento this Thursday through Saturday. It's time for some rise and shout outs. Mine goes to preseason college football magazine time, baby. I can't wait. I eat these things up, man. And I, I saw in Nashville there was one, so I got Athlon. I'm waiting for Street and Smith's, Phil Steele. The Sporting News still doing. one. I'll, that, ta- that I'll take Phil them all. Still. Phil Still. Phil Still there. What's the big <laughs> deal? The real deal? Yeah, I love these. I love these. Uh, they have BYU. Well, I'm not going to tell you. We'll discuss it tomorrow probably. Yeah, my rise and shout-out goes to the city of Nashville. I had never been to Nashville until this weekend. It was unbelievable. The Fan Fest was great. Tons of BYU fans there. But when we were able to go into the city and experience that, the atmosphere, the music, just a great vibe. The food was great. We got to ride scooters around uh, Nashville for about an hour and a half. Just a fun city. I loved my time there. Fun weekend. With the exception of my morning McDonald's run on uh, Friday, I think that Every single meal was amazing. We did not have bad food the yeah. entire time. Yeah, really good food, really good people. So we really appreciate it. We get to go to the Opry, too, which was a blast. The Grand Ole Opry was legit. Um, we saw the Foo Fighters lead guitarist, Chris Shiflett, was there. Uh, Diamond Rio. Kelsey Ballerini? Yes, she was legit. Riders in the Sky? Yes, really fun, really fun. 
Our question of the day. What's your reaction to Zach Wilson telling BYU Sports Nation he's about a month away from feeling normal? On Facebook, at Caleb Perkins. I'm not surprised. Everybody gets pumped up at this time of year, and why should he not want to be ready? Uh, he certainly wants to be ready. Tis the season to get pumped <laughs> unnecessarily. No, it's, we, we all get excited, right? I miss college football, but we are 101 days away from the season. It feels more tangible once you get to double digits. Hey, once, once, like, you're two days away from 99, then it gets real. It's been real for me forever because I have no, I have no qualms getting excited for the countdown in the yes, 300s. we know that. On Instagram, at Taz Propst. That's good. He should be ready for the season opener. Was this sent by a robot? I love it. Of course, yeah, he's going to be good. I think I was a little surprised by a guy like Moroni Laulaputitao, who in spring ball said, yeah, I, I should be ready for fall camp. I was like, wait, what? You should be. It's not automatic. But it will have been, it, it was a serious knee injury yeah. where he tore several things. Had some kind of uh, progressive surgery there. Um, and hopefully he's good because I think MLP and Matt Bushman could be one of the best, if not the best, tight end tandem in college football. I think that highly. Well, and remember what Zach said. He said most, there are a lot of guys that have the same thing he had that weren't able to do as much prior to getting the surgery. He was able to kind of Mm. throw a little bit more. So I think he feels like maybe his wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah, and it's hard to know. Is this uh, this level one? Is this level right. ten? Exactly. Right, uh, kind of shoulder injury. So that that's there. And one hundred one days away, man. I love that Utah is the first game. If it was Idaho State, it just wouldn't be the same. Not the right? same. Every day we're thinking about BYU and Utah, and I love it. Let's get to our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating fifty years on Twitter at shysocks underscore. Hawks. Better than me. I won't feel normal until August 29th. Three emojis. Can it just be August already? I think there are a lot of people that share that sentiment. Amen. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSA. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Jeff Howes. Remember the 89 Outright Champs for baseball. See you tomorrow at noon Eastern for more BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!